and here we go. Welcome to the Contagious Thoughts Podcast, where dreamt realities are lived and like-minded people share their thoughts. Why the name, might you ask? Because thoughts filled with purpose are contagious. We're back for part two of this conversation with Holistic Indra. So if you have not listened to part one of the episode, please go back and listen to that episode first, and then this episode will make a lot more sense. Also, we would love to hear your feedback. So please leave us a review, leave us a rating, or subscribe, comment if you're listening on YouTube. Also, feel free to send me an email or you can even DM me on social media. You can send me an email through our contact page on the website. That's at thecontagiousthoughtspodcast.com. And just let us know what you think. We're always making tweaks and changes based on the feedback we get from you guys. Definitely appreciate that. All right, let's dive into the episode. My vantage point and my perspective is a little different because I always saw it as a blend. If I was in college and I had a fever and I had an exam that day that I couldn't miss, I'm popping in a DayQuil. I'm popping that right down because I got to get through that test. But then if I am under the weather and maybe I don't have an exam, I'm probably going to rest and drink some ginger tea and have something with some special herbs or whatever that can bring me back up to 100% health. So I always had a mixed approach, if you will, to my health and kind of how I saw health. And I know that you have a product line that's connected to VLW. What made you want to add a product line? Because you already had VLW that initially it sounded like you were offering a lot of services and you were working with people, you were coaching them, you were helping them to overcome different struggles, maybe some even similar to the struggles that you overcame. And then later on down the line, you launched this product line. So what led to you wanting to add this product line? Once I started living a more natural lifestyle, not not just food and nutrition, but also things that I used on a daily basis, whether it was cleaning products, shampoo, lotion, like everything. I started to transition everything till eventually I pretty much wanted all my products and household items to be. And so it back at that time, today, what I'll say is that there was a time where everything was like that, <laughs> right? And then at some point, certain industries came and infiltrated and chemicalized a lot of products, right? Especially in the U.S. And then countries that import things from the U.S. end up having those similar types of products and stuff as well. And so during that time, there was, it's not that there wasn't any natural products, but there wasn't a lot of options. And then some stuff that said it was natural still had compromising ingredients in it, or it was just ridiculously expensive. Now, Holistic health has become this trendy thing in the last couple of years, and there's a lot more options than there were back when I was making these changes. And so I just found it very hard to find what I really wanted. And so I was like, okay, well, 
I'll just make it myself. Like I've always been a very creative person and I was willing to experiment and I had a foundation with my parents being from the Caribbean, knowing about certain things that they used when they were growing up. I saw a lot of things and had, I knew about a lot of things. I just wasn't necessarily using them on a day-to-day myself. So I was like, you know what, let me go back to my roots. Let me do a little bit of research and try to make my own stuff. Right. And that's essentially what I started doing. I started making body butter. I started mixing oils together, using essential oils. I started making my own shampoo. I would make deep conditioners for my hair using fruits and stuff like that. Right. And oils. And I started making face masks using things in my kitchen. And so that was the beginning of it for me. I was doing it for me. (laughs) I wasn't really doing it to sell to other people. I love doing it. I started, I would even go on YouTube sometimes and look up stuff and get ideas and then come up with my own stuff. And once they knew I had, I'm living this natural, using natural products, they started asking me what I use. And I was like, hey, well, hey, do you have any recommendations for X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, to be honest, I make my own. I was like, these are some things that I can suggest if you want to buy something. I was like, for this, I can't really tell you because... I didn't find any good options and I make it myself. And so then people started asking me to make stuff for them. (laughs) And so I would just do it just out of the kindness of my heart because they were my friends. I wasn't like charging them or anything. I'd be like, oh, girl, I'll make you a little bit or hey, friend, I'll make you a little bit of whatever. I'll give you some of what I already have. And they would like it. And that was pretty much it. And then at some point I was just like, People started asking me like, hey, I heard that so-and-so said that you make whatever. How much do you charge? And that was the first time that I was just like, how much do I charge? I was like, I don't you know, charge anything. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should sell my stuff, mm-hmm. right? And that's how that started. So That's pretty cool. I mean, it sounds like a lot of – I'm sure a lot of people can relate, but it sounds like a lot of what you – are doing now started from some type of like personal experience that you had with it Mm -hmm. that led to you saying, you know what, like I can monetize this while still helping people, helping people in the way that you helped yourself. I think that's a common theme that I'm hearing is you helped yourself going through a variety of different experiences and challenges and from divine intervention to just personal passion and diligence and hard work and studying and learning and humility and all the above to get in, just get into a place where you're able to help yourself mm. and then coming into this I guess season where you're like you know what uh, I'm just gonna make the things that I desire to use and now all of a sudden people are asking you for it and now you're able to turn that into a business and this is something that I that just really resonates with me and and sticks with me uh, in in, in a sense of there's a cliche saying how much we love cliches over here on the contagious thoughts podcast obviously I'm being sarcastic there's there's a cliche when life gives you lemons you make lemonade and the only thing that's missing from that cliche saying is once you make the lemonade, they don't tell you what to do with it. 
in that particular mm-hmm. saying. For some people, life gives them lemons and you make lemonade and they just drink it. And I'm sure it's delicious. But it sounds like what you've done and I, I think what as entrepreneurs what we do is life gives us lemons it's sour we make lemonade and then we sell the lemonade and we find a way to monetize it and how many of the listeners out there have you started your business after just stumbling upon something some an experience or just something along your personal journey and you're like i never really saw myself doing this particular thing but here i am doing it and monetizing and turning into a business, a way I can help myself, help other people, and enjoy my life. Maybe you, you found a new passion, mm-hmm. something that you that makes you feel alive, like you're living. And that's what this podcast is is doing for me, and that's also what ownership and my interest in real estate is also doing for myself and my wife. And we're just getting started. We're just getting started, and. I'll be documenting that in some of my solo episodes that I do, some of my VIP content as well. But I find the theme that I'm seeing here with your journey, I find that pretty um, pretty inspiring. And so I know that just in my conversations I've had with you outside of this podcast that you've tried to launch this before. You've tried to launch this product line before, and you're finally about to experience the big launch that you've been waiting for all this time. And so my question for you is just what have you learned from this process? Circling back and finally being able to have the big launch coming up that you've been waiting for. By the time this episode releases, your stuff will be launched, if not already launched, but stuff will be launched. And so just... I know it's been a process, I know it's been a journey, but what have you learned from that process? Oh man, I've learned a lot, but I'll say that it's okay to start small. Like when I first started, it wasn't anything big. I didn't even have a website. Yeah. <laughs> I came up with the name and I was just, I made some labels. I had a friend actually, I drew out how I wanted it to look and I sent a picture and was like, hey, can you, do you know anyone that can print these for me? And printed the labels. I, I bought some containers off of like Amazon or something and sanitized them, put the product in it. It was very like right. small. And I was really just selling to word of mouth. People who heard about me through word of mouth, there was no marketing, no, it was something that I was doing just out of pleasure. And I wasn't really thinking of it on a large sure. scale at all. And but it just grew just because people would tell somebody else and they'd be like, hey, I heard about your body butter. Can I, can I buy some? How much does it cost or whatever? <clears throat> and so I was just selling that way. People would pay me in cash. Like it was very like casual. People would pay me in cash. I think eventually I downloaded like a, the Stripe app or something, which back at that time was like the app for businesses right now there's all kinds of stuff but it was very informal and and i just made it an extension of victoria's yeah. life and so then i was like okay well um the demand for these products are picking up it wasn't just that i was also doing people started asking me about detoxes and i was doing a lot of detoxes for myself and i don't know if i mentioned this earlier but i was also doing personal training 
as well as holistic health coaching. And some of even my PT clients would be like, hey, I would talk to them about the importance of their nutrition and sometimes to get a fresh start detoxing for a variety of reasons, right? And they'd be like, hey, can you put together a detox for me? And it wasn't something that I was already offering, right? I was offering the information, but not the actual detox. And so I just, because I was in hustle mode, I was like, well, guess I'm doing it now. And so I just started making them. I was already doing it for myself. And so that was part of True Remedy. That was part of the product line. And so I would make these detox drinks. I was doing body butters or whatever. And I, when I think back on those times, it's some of my favorite times because it's when I didn't take things as serious. And depending on your mindset, you might not view that as a positive thing. But for me, the moment I started getting more serious about the business side of things and making things more polished is the more I was prone to overthinking things and overdoing, just doing too much. And then it would slow me down. And so I would always try to bring myself back to like how I started and what my mindset and thought process is. There's nothing wrong with more structure and growing, but like the heart of it and not trying to perfect it. My downfall, one of the things I learned was trying to make everything perfect. And I started to try to do a big launch. And there were a lot of factors as to why I had to end up postponing it. But one of the things was I wanted to put everything out when I launched. And I felt like it was, it wouldn't have been a good look if I just did a big launch and it was like a couple products. I was like, no, it needs to be like Mm -hmm. grand. It needs to be like everything. It needs to be perfect and all of this. And I think it was a good vision to have. I think I just didn't have the support I needed to to make it happen and sustain it. It was just me. And I would say, one, if it's just you, start with what you have and what you can manage and you can always expand then. Once the income's coming in, you can afford to build a team or hire somebody or whatever, and then you can grow. It's okay to start small. It's okay for it not to be perfect. And here's the thing. I remind myself that when it was literally non-existent, people wanted to buy from me. I didn't have no website. I didn't have nothing. And so if you provide value and people trust you, the person, because your brand is really you, right? Like, you can have a great product and if you have a crap personality and you're rude and people don't like you, it don't matter if your product is a miracle worker, people may not buy it just because you are not a pleasant experience. (laughs) And like, it's hard to get people to buy into something that you believe in when they can't even get past you, right? And so it's just like, for me, I think because people enjoy talking to me about the things I was passionate about, it made it easy to sell even when I had no structure. Like (laughs) there was nothing, there was no appeal, no thought behind marketing and advertising a particular way. And people, I I was attracting customers, right? And so for me, it just speaks volumes as to what's important and that it really doesn't, things really don't need to be perfect. People are willing to support you if they feel like you provide value. And I think that's one of the biggest takeaways is as long as I'm providing value, If I'm figuring it out as I go, people don't care about that. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. Don't delay because of perfection, because you lose out on continuing to experience that journey and then get so caught up and distracted and fixated in all of those details. And then it robs you of your joy of the thing that you actually loved. 
at some point you'll find yourself not loving it anymore and it's seeming like a task or seeming just like a drag when it's like at one time this was like Mm. fun (laughs) and now it's not why is that and I went through that and then ended up getting back that passion once I was able to shift my perspective back to where it needed to be. I started just focusing on the wrong things. Like I said, there's a lot I could say there, but that's one of the biggest things for me is that right there. Yeah, I love that. I think that people who are very like critical thinkers, uh, people who love strategy, uh, really just business-minded, analytical, it's a great strength of ours. But there's a saying, and I'm going to probably butcher the saying, but it's that inside of every strength is the seeds of its own destruction. And just meaning that every mm. strength is also a weakness. And that analytical strength is also on the flip side, something that can hold you back, something that can you can overanalyze. And that's something that I, I fall victim to at, at times and just being the analytical person that I am and people who know me, I don't know if, I think I still, definitely 10 years ago, I would say, like definitely 10 years ago, people would label me as like an overthinker. And I would probably still say to this day, (laughs) people, I can't even just say that it was just 10 years ago and not today. And I can definitely, right now, we are currently recording an episode that is meant to go into season one of the podcast. And I have not officially launched yet. But one of the things that is tough for, I think, any entrepreneur, business owner who's trying to pursue something that they're passionate about or a project that they're really interested in, or obviously we all want our projects to succeed, it's wanting to do it perfect up front, like wanting it to be, like you said, grand. And it's like to launch and then not look polished on the outside and not look perfect on the outside can can be tough. People are looking at you and they're looking like, who's it? Like, what are you doing? This guy is sloppy, unprofessional. You don't want to look crazy. There's the fear of embarrassment, (laughs) fear of laughed at publicly. You don't want to fall on your face in front of everybody. That's just... swept off the stage stage at the apollo (laughs) embarrassing man embarrassing i I definitely appreciate that and i also am curious about colorful kids being a a non-profit that you have recently started am i correct on that recently started not about to start okay Mm -hmm. recently started um it's yeah it's not launched it has not been launched but it is legally formed and is in the prepping stages, preparing to formally yeah, launch. And this is actually, this is actually where we are going to announce that Colorful Kids will be donating and sponsoring to the Contagious Thoughts podcast. <laughs> yeah, seeing as how the two have nothing to do with one another. <laughs> I mean, anything's possible. Never say never, though. I'm never just joking, never. obviously. Never say never. So Possibly. for any IRS or the feds listening, that was a joke. That was a joke. Okay. And I, I'm, I'm curious on the, just the, the kind of the high level, <clears throat> the high level story behind that and what you're trying to accomplish with Colorful Kids. 
Yeah, so Colorful Kids is special because it's one of those things that, like, for me, it's it's one of those things that's been in my notebook for years, right? Like, it's just this dream or idea that not really sure if I'm ever going to act on it, but it's fun to think about, and I have lots of ideas for it. Um, and so it's something that's just been in my journal for a long time, and I would just add all kinds of things to it as it came up. And I've always been told that I work well with kids from since I was a kid. And I think at some point it caused me to grow a or develop like a very soft spot for children and the youth and any opportunities I've had to be able to work with them. It's always just been very meaningful. And I decided at some point that I wanted what I did to help adults to be able to trickle down to the next generation. And so I was like, how can I do that? And I basically what ended up like kickstarting it officially was the pandemic. In the pandemic and during that time, there was also a lot of racial stuff. Not that it was new. I mean, people of color know that this Ain't nothing new under the sun. But it started to become more in the light for in a certain way during that time. And it was during that time that I was like, you know what? I really want to be a part of this movement to be very intentional, to be a part of providing an outlet and resources for people of color. And so I was like, I want to do that for children. And so because I already wanted to do something in the holistic health area for children, I was like, okay, why can't it all just be, why can't the two come together, right? And so I wanted to specifically be able to provide holistic resources for children of color. And currently, I pretty much to say that it's curated for black and brown children, but it's beneficial to all, not excluding anybody, but that is the foundation of the content. And it's basically a resource hub. It's a resource hub for families, children and families, to be able to find a variety of resources that specifically cater to them. And so whether that's whether that's shows, whether that's events, whether that's books, the goal is for children to be able to see themselves in the world in a positive way and feel like they have the ability and that they can be empowered to be able to show up as themselves and as their best and see some type of representation of that or to be in an environment that can help cultivate that. And I also feel like holistic health is something that has been in the black and brown culture for generations and generations. But because of how America has done things, a lot of the roots have been lost at least in, in America, and I'm trying to bring some of that thought process back so that even children can start to view themselves holistically. Because all of these resources and them seeing themselves represented them represented um, properly and um, accurately, as well as um, cultivating an environment to empower them, that's all part of holistic health, right? Um, how we see ourselves is a part of it plays a huge role in how we show up in the world um, and our perspective on life um, and other people, right? And Colorful Kids is basically my effort to try to bridge 
that gap and to basically provide holistic resources in all categories, whether it's nutrition, education, homeschool, media, events, scholarship opportunities, business opportunities, teaching children about money, like whatever it is, right? Teaching children about mental and emotional health, resources for that. And it's a hub for all of that. And it's an opportunity to also support other small businesses that are providing those resources. So we are not necessarily, we, we might in the future, but initially we are not providing those resources ourselves. We're creating a hub and we're gathering those resources so that people can find them in one spot. And by doing that, not only are they benefiting, but then we're also able to help those small businesses be more effective in whatever it is that they're doing. And so it's a multifaceted effort, but that's like, in a nutshell, what we're trying to do with that. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I want to dive a little bit into what the story is behind that and what led to you starting that. And the answer to that question is going to be found, of course, in the VIP content, such as Patreon. That will be linked in the show notes. If you'd like to go deeper, feel free to join us there at only $5 a month. I want to go in a slightly... <laughs> go in a slightly different direction. You are, since I've known you, for the very short time that I've known you, I've I've learned that you're you're a very ambitious person, and you're trying to accomplish a lot. We didn't even cover all the businesses that you own on this on this podcast. But I'm just curious, what do you think makes people ambitious? Um, I mean, I think a number of things can make people ambitious. I can say that for me. From a young age, initially, I really liked to make money, and that drove my ambition a lot. As I got older, it, there was more depth. I realized very early that I wanted a certain lifestyle, and I knew I wanted a family, and I wanted children, and I knew that I wanted to have a certain level of availability to them and be involved with them in a certain way, and... I felt like being an entrepreneur, being a business owner would provide me with the level of flexibility to have that lifestyle and to have that level of flexibility. I knew I liked to travel. I knew that I didn't like a robotic routine. I absolutely do not like traffic. Didn't want to be in the rush hour like whole thing. Didn't want to deal with that. There's just a lot of things about the nine to five life that just were not compatible with how God made me. <laughs> and so I knew that for me, I really truly felt like being an entrepreneur was going to give me freedom financially and with my time and to be the type of mother that I wanted to be, right? And um, everyone has their own idea of what that looks like. And for me, based on what I wanted that to look like, I felt like being a successful business owner would give me that. And yeah. 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 And then I also feel a certain way about ownership. I also, to make my own rules, I don't like to be told what to do. I'm going to just be honest. Now, obviously, we all at some point need to submit to authority, right? In some way, shape, or form, for whatever reason. But I've always been a leader. And there are just things that come naturally to me that are 
needed as an entrepreneur. And so it's a combination of just my nature as well as my desires lining up. And it just made sense for me. Um, That makes a lot of sense. And we've been doing this series. I'm not sure if this episode will come out in chronological order or what, but the series is called Why Do We Do What We Do? The idea is for us just to explore on a deeper level, obviously why people do what they do, but what really motivates us? What are the things that are actually fueling us? Like on the surface, it might look like it's one thing, but then you dig a little Mm -hmm. deeper and it's something else. And I'm just going to read a quote. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you seen the Rocky movies? So I'm going to read a quote from the Rocky movie. Um, And I'm not going to try to sound exactly like him, but I'm just going to read the quote. I'll do a little bit of acting. You guys can grade me on my acting. All right. Lord. Ready? All right, here we go. Knock it out. And action. Okay. Ah, come on, Adrian. It's true. I was nobody. But that don't matter either. I was thinking, it really don't matter if I lose this fight. It really don't matter if this guy opens my head either. Because all I want to do is go the distance. Nobody's ever gone the distance with Creed. And if I go that distance, you see, and that bell rings and I'm still standing, I'm going to know for the first time in my life, see, that I weren't just another bum from the neighborhood. Uh. And so I, I read that quote, and literally, I said this on another episode as well, that Every time I read that quote, it gives me chills down my spine because it's so raw and vulnerable and relatable. And I'm not sure what he means by going the distance, if that means just lasting all 12 rounds. I think it's 12 rounds, right? Lasting all 12 rounds or if it means knocking the guy out. But he says when if that when that bell rings, if I'm still standing, it just means like he has survived the fight. He, he didn't get knocked out. I'm assuming. And he's saying that if he can accomplish this great feat and he could beat Creed in this fight, or he can at least, quote unquote, go the distance and not get knocked out, that he'll know for the first time in his life that he weren't just another bum from the neighborhood. And so it's like he's packaging all of his value and self-worth on this one accomplishment. And it just makes me think to myself, I'm just curious on your perspective. It can be high level, it doesn't have to be, you know, no, there's no wrong answer. But I'm just curious on your perspective as far as what motivates people, like why people actually do what they do. People like myself and yourself, we strive so hard for things. And I think it's just, it's a great mm-hmm. thing to be introspective and to look in, inside of us, inside of ourselves and uncover or discover what's really motivating us and we might not like what we find but Mm -hmm. i think it's good to to explore these things to be aware of who we really are yeah i'll leave it at that yeah i mean uh, i think it's unique to the person their experiences and oftentimes we are motivated by some type of deficit some type of hole somewhere in us or in our lives and we are motivated to fill that somehow through finding purpose, right? And 
I think that it can change over time too. What motivated me 10 years ago isn't necessarily the same thing that motivates me today. I think I definitely have a desire to matter. I've always thought about, you know, like when I leave this earth, don't want to be another name. I, I want people to remember me, I want people to, to know who I am because I did something that mattered because I made a difference in people's lives. And I want my children's children to talk about me. There to be stories that they can tell about how I did something worth talking about, made some type of impact. I've always had this desire to just make a difference. And I think naturally there's also just wanting acknowledgement from people, yeah. right? You, want, I want people to, to think I'm valuable or to view me as valuable or to think I have something to offer. I know I have something to offer. I know I'm valuable because God has reassured me in that area. I think naturally I'm human as well. And I also want people to think that too. And it's not that I'm doing it for the people, but it's definitely... It's, it's definitely comforting when people like you sure. <laughs> and think that you have something to offer or find something valuable about what you do. I think for me, too, being successful, feeling like I'm successful from a financial standpoint, feeling like I can leave behind some type of a legacy for my kids, that's been something that has been very important to me. I don't want to work and work so hard and then have nothing to show for it. I want to be able to leave something behind, and that drives me and fuels me, is I just want all of my hard work to leave behind crumbs, at least. <laughs> you feel me? Just I want my kids to at least be able to pick up where I left off, even if it's not with the very same thing. But they don't have to start completely from scratch or right. start over, and being able to pass something down. And there, some those are factors for me. I think earlier on, especially when I was younger, not that I don't still want my parents to be proud of me, but I think even when I was younger, I really wanted my parents to be proud. Right? I really want them to be like, you know what? We did a good job with her. She made a good thing of herself. Right? That was important to me. So there is a variety of things for me. And like I said, it's changed. It's evolved even as recent as the last year. <laughs> like what fuels me has evolved and changed. And I think as your priorities shift, so does what your what motivates you yeah i agree i agree and i can honestly relate to a lot of that and the reason why i love asking this question to a lot of the guests that come on the show is, is really because i can relate to this quote so much that there's mm -hmm. a striving that happens internally this desire to like prove myself to the world and to then prove myself yeah. and to myself there's even daydreams and th that i have of just me accomplishing the things that I dream of. And in those daydreams, there's usually mm -hmm. the same few people that are in those dreams witnessing this success and this accomplishment. It's like, I want them to see it. I want to mm. make sure they see it. People are like, hey, I want to pull up and flex, drop the top on them, flash the rollie, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so things like that. So I, I absolutely can relate. And this is actually going to, that the answer to that question is actually going to be probably separated from the episode. And I'm going to probably compile it into a different episode and talk a little more on it. Mm. But, but with that, it's time that we move on to the no regrets segment of the show. Come on. Hey. 
So the no regrets segment of the show is where myself and the guests have a chance to listen to the entire episode and answer the following questions. Number one, is there anything that you said that you regret saying, even if it's how you said something? And number two, is there anything that you wish you said that you did not say? And with that, let's dive right on in. Before we get to the no regrets segment of the show, just a couple of quick reminders. Valentine's Day merch is officially live on the ContagiousThoughtsPodcast.com. That is our Valentine's Day merch collection. I am pretty excited about this because it was designed by yours truly, whereas all of my other merch was designed by Mav, who are the folks that are in episodes one and two. Non-Valentine's Day merch, our normal everyday merch, it's not everyday at all. It's not ordinary. It's quite fantastic. You should check it out. Also on thecontagiousthoughtspodcast.com. This is your official invitation to join the Contagious Collective. What is the Contagious Collective, might you ask? Well, this is a VIP Patreon group where you pay $5 a month to support the podcast and get access to a Discord community where you get to ask questions to the host of the podcast, myself, and also some of the guests that come through the podcast as well. And also, you get to ask questions to people who are just like you on the same journey to make their dreams a reality you get access to solo episodes done by yours truly that are not released to the public where i dive into my own personal journey as an entrepreneur business owner creative husband father of three friend a full-time w2 employee of a company all the above so you get those solo episodes done by myself we also release a ton of behind-the-scenes footage, bloopers, and just questions that we felt weren't quite appropriate for the main platforms, all for $5 a month. Please check out Holistic Indra. Her website is in the show notes, and she is on IG, a.k.a. Instagram, for those of you who are not hip. (laughs) Sorry, I had to. At Holistic Indra. (laughs) So she is at Holistic Indra on IG. And please follow us, the, the Contagious Thoughts podcast, on social media as well. All that is also in the show notes. Do that because you'll be able to keep in touch with us and comment and like all of our stuff as well as stay up to date with new releases and upcoming collabs that are going down. Without further ado, let's transition into the no regrets segment of the show for real this time. And so typically I do exactly what I said there and I... I send the episode to the person and let them listen to the whole thing and then answer those questions. But I've actually been lately, I've been doing them live and we've just been whatever regrets you have. We just answer that on the spot now. And if this segment is a doozy, then I will let you listen to it and we can do it. I can record it again. But, but but yeah, so I guess my question for you is number one, is there anything that you said on the show today that you regret saying well no that's quite a few things okay. actually do tell it's not actually I'm, okay i'm joking <laughs> there's not i to be honest no like I, this is actually i've actually thought this was pretty fun i've enjoyed this and i currently honestly am a very i've become very much in love with appreciating things in its natural state and however it manifests in the moment. Every moment is different. Every moment is unique. 
no one moment is identical or can be repeated. And I feel like different things influence those moments. You could ask me a question right now and I answer it a certain way and ask me the same exact thing tomorrow and I answer it maybe a, a different way with more information, maybe a different tonation in my voice. You know what I mean? I just, I have grown to be very appreciative of the organic flow of things. And so I don't have any regrets because however I said what I said was how it was meant to come out at the time. And it was organic. And I appreciate that and have no, no regrets. All right. Well, that is the purpose of the show. It's to have no regrets. And if you do have them, to lay them on the table. So that you can release them into the atmosphere. And honestly, I'm sure the listeners are starting to catch on that the no, some folks have regrets and some folks don't. But what it does is it gives you a little bit more insight into just the personality and mindset of the, of the guests on the show. And then how they answer this question. And that's just fun to humanize people in that way. Number, you know, number two question. Is there anything that you wish you said that you did not say? wish I or would, mean, would have life to say don't get too I... hung up on the words yeah. <laughs> okay yeah i mean there's a lot of things i would have liked to say i mean i am i will just go ahead and say that proudly that i'm a chatterbox i can talk there's a lot of things and i have a lot of things to talk about and there's a lot i could say there's a lot i could share generally vaguely deeply specifically like all of the things right there's a lot that I could have talked about and could have said and could have shared. And I know that I will talk about it maybe again on this podcast at another time. And this time, everything that was supposed to be talked about was talked about. And I'm content. There's definitely more that I could have said. Absolutely. Well, hey, there you have it. And with that, we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you very much, Holistic Indra, a.k.a. Indra Adele for coming on the show and we can't wait to have you again thank you for having me